Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? And welcome to another day of our holiday extravaganza here at Waypoint Radio. I'm your host, Austin Walker. I'm joined again by Rob Zachney. Good morning. Gita Jackson. Hello. Patrick Klepek. Hello. And Ricardo Contreras on the ones and twos. You, do you, would you say this is a hoopla? Is it a holiday hoopla? A holiday hoopla. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like the alliteration. What is a you hoopla? Know? A hoopla. How would you define a hootenanny? Like a a hootenanny, an extravaganza, a a A jamboree. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, I'm not trying to go that far. How many of these does Kato have on 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 tap? That's the real question. Kato, how many? I was reaching with fucking hootenanny. Um, a cop. You can tell that this is the second one we've recorded (laughs) because we all have energy. We're, we're already a little, louder, a little punchy. Yeah, we're a little punchy, but we're not tired yet, which is important. <laughs> yes, because we will be. We will be <laughs> today. Okay, that's a threat. Uh huh. Today we are going to uh, do a little retrospective, looking at all the games released this year. That's not true. We can't look at all the games that released this year because about uh, six hundred porn games released on Steam uh, this month, probably. And we're not going to go and through we're all of at them. All of them. And we're <laughs> wow, that's, that's where we're focusing in on. Let's see here. <laughs> Let's go store uh, front page of Steam, and uh, I don't know. Let's scroll Match down. Match boob five. The revenge <laughs> of. Revenge of the, of the boobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's it. That's what we're talking about here today. Happy Revenge holidays, Revenge of the titties everybody. is the name of my memoir. Anyway. Damn. We, we should we should see if Sam Cole will write about these games for us. She she really it's nailed actually, the porn game. Uh, I played the games that promise they will make you come. Uh, demographic right. and right. so I, feel I like love another God, investigation. I love that article. Yeah. Uh huh. Sam, so, come on the pod. <laughs> yeah. Naughty Memories, Seek Girl 7. They're all here right on the front page if you go to new releases. So that's where we are. No, we're going to start with January and look at the games. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It, uh, th- there's a caveat here in yes. which yes. Uh, we're not going. So there's a lot of caveats here. Oh um, <laughs> Great. I'll start the first one, which is that we, we individually we have sketched out what we think is our game of the year. Yeah, and so we won't talk about that game here. So like, there won't be a two-hour discussion of insert X game that'll just get pushed to a separate podcast. But there's a chance because we haven't finalized our list that maybe that changes and is not somebody's game of the year, and you get a game <laughs> of the year discussion out of it. That's entirely within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um. So when we get to like a Hades and an Umarangi, and we're like, oh, we're not gonna talk about that here, or it's like other people talking about it and not the people you would want to talk about it. That is your 
That is your explanation. Hold on to your seats. That conversation will probably happen. Right. Well, wait. I thought the thing was, I thought the thing was that the conversation was going to happen. We just couldn't talk. We the person in question couldn't talk about. They it. could ask questions, right? Like that questions. was where yeah. we. That's yeah. where we ended up. Yeah. Is the person who has picked that as their their goatee, uh can uh, can ask questions about it, but not. And they can't be like questions, like statements in the form of a question. It has to be an actual question, yeah. right? We're yeah, also this is like a a workshop or crit, except none of us have done anything creative. That's really good. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> the other thing is we're yeah. using the Wikipedia list of games released this year. Which is not complete, um, no. obviously. This probably does not have, like, if, if, if folks here want to shout out, like, an Ichio game, like, unless it was of a certain prominence in, like, pop culture, it, like, probably right. isn't on this list. <laughs> there is stuff here that is, like, small stuff that I really like. So I, I'm happy using this list because, like, you know, if found, it gives us a base from October, but if, yeah. you know. But if you it know, does catch a lot of the bigger indies, but it doesn't catch yes. any of the smaller ones. That's exactly right. Uh, it catches Steam Big Indie, not itch.io. I downloaded this on a whim and really liked it, Indie, which yeah. is a problem. But but we we have very limited time to record today, so we need to have a uh, <laughs> we need to have this. Also, I should say that we're we today is the day we are recording this. We're getting as much done as we can. So if we do seem tired by the end of this, that is why. Um, unfortunately, we do not have multiple days in the schedule to, to do these, so we are just we're just doing it. Um, with that said, we should start going. And also, I think the way we're going to do this is we have this list in front of us. We're going to scroll until we see something that we want to call out and, and say, right? We're not going to uh, go – I'm not going to ask anyone about AO Tennis 2 because that is adults only Tennis 2. It's a porn ten- – no, it's not a porn oh, tennis Oh, game. I wish. But, uh, oh, how that come out on Switch? No. <laughs> Nintendo's really changed their policies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, really good backhands in that game. Okay. Uh, no, we're right. – Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, listen, what consenting tennis noise. players do is <laughs> all right. We can we can we can start going down this list right now. Um, the first thing here that I think, God, what's the first thing that uh, who has a thing in January that they played from this list? Oh. KRZ is my first thing. Sharp Fe Encore. Did you play it? I played it. Didn't finish it. It's really okay. fucking good, though. I'm so glad it came out on Switch because I missed it when it was on the Wii U. And yeah. I felt I, I haven't finished it. I got to the first music video for that first character, yeah. um, your best friend. Yeah. And the only thing that bothered me was that I have to play as a man. Fair. I think. Fair. You know, that's the only thing that bothered me. If you play as any of the many cool women in that game, oh it would be sick. So in fact, in fact, it would have been cool if um if they had done the thing that they did for Persona 3 portable where they just added a woman main character um yeah. for that forever yeah. ago and that would have been that would have been nice for that one they did add new romances and like i don't even need them to do that give me the same romances don't even change the pronouns I, mean, yeah. I just like let me imagine i'm not like a shitty nameless teenage boy yeah. that doesn't yeah. have any thoughts or opinions just i want to be a, a a girl a no thoughts head empty girl <laughs> yeah uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um none of us play dragon ball z kakarot unfortunately uh, I played it at a at an event at E3 and Kakarot, uh, <laughs> and I didn't like it very much, and so I never. I rem- yeah, I remember that it. booth. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big booth. Capsicore it was a big booth. It was cool. Yeah, that was a cool booth. That was a cool <laughs> booth. Um, anything else in January? Kentucky Route Zero is the next one for me here. Um, really, really love that game. Um, uh, great ending know. too. You know, we were, you know, we oh, did a different yeah. holiday hot take that was like games with bad endings that disappointed you and Kentucky Route Zero is not that. And I, um, 
it, it I guess I was surprised by the degree to which I in, liked the ending. Like there was just a lot of built like there were a lot of ways it could have gone not wrong, but just sort of fallen flat. And right. I I think it was the like the opposite of that. Totally. Um yeah, I, you know, I think that KRZ is a game that it, it really puts a cap on this decade. Um, I think it says a lot about the ways in which American capitalism grinds folks down, uh, you know, destroys places, um, separates communities, uh, and and marginalizes us. Um, and I think that that is uh, – for me, um, it ended up hitting harder than something like Disco Elysium, um, a game I really like. Uh, because of its focus on um, kind of the the small ways in which people find or create spaces for themselves, um, which in a year like this, uh, I, looking back on it, was very important. <laughs> to, I, to yeah, I, in some ways, I wish uh, KRZ had like the the culmination, or they had dropped a little bit later. later because I think yeah. in in this year, especially like in this moment, I I think. Like I, I bet if you and I were to replay that now, like it would it would it would even land differently yes. now than it did in in uh, January. You um, know, I, people should go reread my review of it because that's a review literally about the ways in which people in power how how that's a game about the ways in which people in power either intentionally or unintentionally fail uh, communities who are in crisis. Um, uh, there's lots of talk about not just debt, but the the ways in which uh, Groups of people are are left to kind of hang, um, and a lot of that stuff hits even harder post COVID, <laughs> living under an administration that uh, it was able to kind of wield death by system uh, and allow hundreds of hundreds and thousands of people to die. Uh, KRZ is not about a plague, but is very much about death that could have been avoided, um, uh, and the ways in which the you know people are are brought into a system that that hurts them. Um, it's good. It's a really good game. I like good it. Good game. Um, we should keep on moving. Uh, really quick, I played Coffee Talk. Um, uh, I thought it was really cute, but I, I, the writing just kind of missed for me. Um, and and that's a game that's all about writing. It's a, it just wasn't there for me. Yeah, I, I, I tried. I like hanging out at a coffee shop like that seemed like it would be my thing, but something about it just seemed. Um, I don't know. It, it it wasn't it wasn't doing what I wanted to do with the setting. Um, yeah. It was, and, and also I think coming to it so quickly on the heels of <coughs> Eliza, which I think was really sharp and trenchant about this moment in the Pacific Northwest right. and people sort of evaluating their relationship to industry and the economy. I think Coffee Talk seemed like just a less interesting version of that for me, and a little bit more to make up for. The things I found less engaging about its writing, it was an awful lot of, um, you know, boy, we do love Shadowrun in this yeah. in this setting. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, but I'd just go play Shadowrun or Eliza. Right. I just yeah. general rule of thumb for works of fiction. It's a bad idea to remind me of better works of fiction mm. that I could be reading, watching, or playing. Odd. Not excited about the new Spider-Man. I'm the only one in the world that's just like, I'm going to watch that movie and be like, I should just watch Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a fucking great movie. You can just watch it right now. It's available. <laughs> um, Rob, before that's- we move on, did you want to hit... Oh, go ahead. Kato? Oh, no, I was just think- I was thinking the same thing, but it would be Spider-Verse. Go watch Into the Spider-Verse again, because that's what they're doing. Yeah, that sure, movie also sure. great. Exactly. Why would you just not watch that movie? Sure. 
Um, uh, do you want Rob, to talk you, about Warcraft Three? Yeah, quick? yeah. Do you? Do you I, want yeah, I wanted. To, I, I, I didn't play that, but I was like, I feel like that. that what a, what a flashpoint in time for Blizzard as a yeah. studio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a thing that probably we would be better off if it didn't exist. Um, I didn't have the major issues with it that a lot of people did. I came to it late. Um, but in terms of it's not enough of an improvement to really like you're, you're not playing it and being like, damn, I'm not, like if you compare it to the command and conquer masters that came out later this year, uh, those are examples of doing it right. Uh, where, and, and I think Microsoft did this to an extent, but I think command and conquer kind of got the gold standard where you basically preserve everything about the aesthetic and look of the game. You just make it so that it looks much higher res, much more modern. Um, but it still it still looks authentic to what the game was. Uh, Warcraft Three Reforged feels and looks like a different game, but I think the bigger issue is that it simply it like it is not a good or very functional multiplayer game in a lot of ways. And uh, from what I've sort of seen in the conversation in that community, uh, basically what they have managed to do with Reforged is they killed what was still a pretty robust Warcraft 3 community Ooh, um, to sure. ram through kind of a piece of shit that they clearly scaled back their ambitions and budget for uh, part ways through. And so it, it ends up neither satisfying as like a remastering, uh, but it also succeeds primarily in busting up a community that's really been uh, a bright spot in, in for Blizzard for, for a number of years. So it's it's just one of those things. This thing probably we'd all be better off if it didn't if it hadn't happened. Well, it's, and it and it's I think it like helps speak to like how strange Blizzard is as a studio at the moment. Like with their original plans for that the remaster were like to retcon the story to tie it into World of Warcraft and then People were like, "I don't want you to do that," and they're like, "Okay, well, I guess I guess we won't." Um, well, we won't because also we're we're cutting the resources we're devoting to this, so uh, we're not going to worry so much about creating new stuff to make it all match. Well, you, so you ended up with they had a they had a BlizzCon where they showed like a bunch of like new cutscenes because they were like, "Oh, we're doing this new story stuff. We're going to tie it into our broader uh, Warcraft universe, and that's going to be kind of our justification for going doing a lot of this extra work." And then they kept the original new cutscene, but like got rid of all the other. I mean, it's just a, a real like one a lack of understanding of like what the community was. Where it's like, oh, if the community was going to have this reaction, why did they propose something that was going to be so soundly rejected? Or if the if the theory was, look, we want to do something different. The original one will still exist. Like we're not going to touch that. Um, then stick with your like. It's just like a really. It paints, you know, Blizzard's a strange company right now, but um, it, this, like, project in particular spoke to their inability to, like, look at their hit past history with any sort of, like, clear understanding of how people are engaging with it right now. Well, I also think it, it did feel a little bit for me like it was, and it, this feels like a thing that was greenlit by a different Blizzard culture in yeah. some ways. <laughs> yeah. And, like, oh, new Blizzard came in in the middle of this and were, like, in so many words... Uh, fuck them kids. Uh, it's like a new, when a new movie studio exec comes in, inherits a bunch of old projects, and is like, "Well, I don't want to. I don't want to work on this movie. Like, oh, but it's too far in production." It's like, "Well, what if we just like cut it off at the knees and, uh, you know, have fun?" Um. Okay. Let's keep on moving. 
Uh, we are now into February. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus was a game I thought I would stick oh, yeah. with, and then the thing the thing that that happened that like made me stay with it less than even like Dragon Ball Fighter Z Fighters um, was that the is that COVID happened and there were no tournaments, um, and then also mm. uh, the FGC was riddled with uh, <laughs> Me Too allegations uh, as yeah. many, many uh, harms came to light, uh, abuses uh, and, and uh, you know, other sorts of misconduct. Um, you know, as those stories spread, um, you know, and, and as COVID happened, events were canceled uh, and online events just didn't have the same pool. Um, and so I think a big part of why I ended up bouncing off of that game was like, I wanted to watch people play that game to keep me hyped on playing that game. And so within a month, Month and a half, you know, right, right around March as COVID starts to hit, I start to fall off that game. Um, so, so that was my experience. It, it's a really, really pretty game. Uh, I think some of the stuff there for new players is really cool. I wish that the like kind of story mode had been better, but I feel like that about every fighting game that isn't <laughs> te- the various Tekken or Soul Calibur games on the PS1. Um, so, you know, that is what it is. Kato, I know you played some of this too. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I thought it had like a really great balance of um just like simple uh like special uh inputs where I feel like a lot of times I personally get hung up on like doing dragon punch inputs like and I'm really bad at them. Uh it just felt like there was a it was kind of simplified but not um not not a simple game it was simplified from like the kind of like most like it's not your guilty gear right it's still an anime fighter but it allowed for i feel like a lower uh lower uh floor for like pulling off combos where like i couldn't pull off a combo in guilty yeah. gear but i can yeah. in in grand blue and that felt good you know totally totally and what it did do is get me into grand blue fantasy the, <laughs> right. the mobile game <laughs> Uh, and I played a lot of that for like two months and enjoyed my time with I it. I remember and, that. And it was nice. I like that world a lot. The stories in that, that game are really sick. Uh, are the fun. character design in that game rules. So, so yeah. It's been, it's been weird uh, looking at the list and, uh, and going like, so one, in, in 2019, there were just a shitload of games that came out in January and February. Yes. And there just wasn't as much uh, this year. But at the same time, I was thinking to myself, well, what was I doing? I'm like looking at this list and I was like, I'm not some... I play. I I know that yeah. I play games like almost every night. Like, what yeah. was I doing? So I I keep a list of the the games yeah. I I've played. Um, and I was like, yeah, but like this is the like these are the months I played Disco Elysium and like Outer Wilds. Like games that will end up in my yeah. top ten list because right. I didn't get them to them the year before. Right, and were tremendous experiences that I finally got around to in the period of of January and February when there just wasn't as much for me uh, to play. Totally. Outer Wilds, so fucking good. We already talked about Disco, so. Um, Did anyone play Knights and Bikes? Actually, did that come out on PC the year before? I think so. Did anyone here play that? I know that that had some sort of an audience. It looked cute. I heard it was cute. Yeah. And that was like the extent of it for me. Yeah. Yeah. The Damon X Machina re-release on Windows was nice. It had frame rate, but I didn't replay the whole thing, so I don't have much to say about it. Um, Darksiders Genesis? I'll just say quickly, Florence is a great little game. It's a re-release yes. that they're talking about for uh, for PC and Nintendo Switch. Great game yeah, for I, Switch. I, I love Best that on story. mobile, I think. Yeah, Florence I love it on lovely. mobile. It feels really good on, on mobile, for sure. Yeah. Oh, also another um, quick shout-out. Darksiders Genesis, did anyone? Oh, oh. sorry. I was yeah. just going to say really quick no, shout-out early, early February was uh, White Ocean Big Jacket. 
That was February. F- oh, oh, was that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Oh, right. Good catch. Good catch. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed that. Do you that. want to explain what that Thank is you. and, and yeah, tell yeah. people about it's, it? It's, um, you know, a narrative-based game where you're kind of uh, walking around, going on a vacation as uh, these two teens, two y- pre-teens, young teens, uh, and two, like, kind of, um, you know, uh, young ad- young adults. And uh, it, it, has a, it has a really interesting kind of... Um, framing i think is the way i put it where like it uh has really great sense of pacing and um like it's just really good dialogue and a a really like touching uh story of like uh people kind of going (laughs) you know how sometimes drama hits when you're on a trip because you feel freed from the other (laughs) the other like distractions of it's that it's that feeling of just like we're out here, we get to think more, and now we're thinking a little too hard about certain uh, issues in our lives. And um, yeah, I, I really well, And also the stakes are both grand, but also minor, yeah. right? Like it's not, like, if you were to, if you were to sit in, and because I, I loved this this game too, and this story in particular, where, you know, if you were to like recount like what happened, it's like, well, not a lot, but also like <laughs> but also everything a, yeah. happened. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, and it manages to, like it, the a lot of the framing is through these two characters uh, kids i think they're teenagers like young teenagers yeah yeah. um because i remember there's that one shot that's like the old teen like the mean teens that are a little bit older than them yeah (laughs) yeah it's got a really good sense of humor yeah um uh it like moves at a really fast pace like even just like like the the, like the like pacing is just like really fascinating um they added some extra chapters at some point um that i have not had a chance to go back and oh interesting uh, mess around with i but i know they um sort of like they they revisited that game a little bit um later in the year but um it's also really short like people should really yeah. go and you know you like visual like novels eight bucks little... on on yeah itch. it's i think it's on it's on switch and stuff now also it is yeah so people should check it out for sure also that that studio a uh, turn follow has made nothing but fucking bangers in my opinion so go check out the rest of the stuff that they've made i think it's all on itch um i i really love it um what else? Uh, any other any other things from early February? Uh, Why well, you mentioned Dark Souls Genesis? Oh, right. I liked that game, but just it was one of those games where ah, I'll get I'll get back to it because I like the world of Dark Siders and still have a soft spot for that original game. That sure, you know, yeah, you know what? If we had there was a question in a different podcast that was like, "What's a franchise you keep playing even though there's diminishing returns?" And Dark Siders <laughs> is Dark Siders is is one of those. Uh, um, even though I think Dark Siders Genesis is a totally fine and fun uh uh like co-op uh uh action rpg it is one that i believe you can play co-op and if i like lived in a world if my kid was like a little bit older that's like the game that i probably would have like really really liked but on its own it was sort of like ah you know if i had more time i I definitely would have played this but in a world where i have to compartmentalize and like focus yeah it was just one where i played just enough to go this is all right and then it kind of uh, fell off the yeah. fell off the side. Fair. Um, Dreams uh, got its. Wanna, oh, god. Yeah, Dreams. Dreams. Dreams is out. Dreams, dreams came out. Dreams is great. Dreams yeah. is fantastic. People should go watch Patrick's streams of Dreams. His Dream Streams. They're really fun. <laughs> so Dreams is my boyfriend's favorite game of this year. I think. Oh. He loves Dreams, but he also just. I mean, he what he loves is the game on Dreams called Ball World Adventure, which I've watched him right. play for hours. It's just a super monkey ball clone, except it, it's like. <laughs> The perspective is very weird and has like very, very like PlayStation 1-esque trance music playing all the time. And he falls off the edge constantly. So I just hear him from the other room going, oh, shit. 
as trans Fuck. music plays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> That's exactly. Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. Ball <laughs> World Adventure seems dope, though. I don't think I would enjoy it, but if you like that kind of thing, it, Go check it's it out. great. <laughs> it just has such a dreams, uh, you know, I I never make games or make things in these creation tools, but I, I so enjoyed what the community does with them. And dreams, it feels like, I, I, I can't quite explain why it didn't land harder. Like, I don't know exactly why it feels like it kind of got I- ignored. I do uh, hope uh, that Sony releases this on PC at some point. Like, this becomes one of those games that gets a a chance to exist on a different platform. I think it would, I think it could, it would really flourish on, on PC. Yep. Um, but it's uh, like me and Malcolm made a bunch of really cool fucking tools um, and people are doing just incredible. Like just go search on, if you just, it was when I played dreams and I did my streams, it was just, I picked a word and then we just like explored what that word like brought us to and, and, and followed that rabbit hole. And you can do that even not, playing dreams like you can do that on youtube if you just search for dreams and a word you will find all sorts of like just really people are making just art like like scenes um i like saw just recently i retweeted like a recreation of like the t-rex scene in jurassic park and it's it's like it's almost like an animated gif like it's it's frozen in time but there are atmospheric effects and there's like lighting um and it's just, it's just gorgeous and weird and it just exists in this ps4 box like it's yeah. like it's so hard for anyone else to see it and maybe that's part of the problem yeah. is that it's a bunch of like really fascinating art that is limited to this console box and there aren't as many ways for it to be shared with the the outside world and maybe that's something they're they'll be able to work on i, you know, I don't know how how much more work dreams is going to get from media molecule or if sony's going to say hey maybe don't spend an entire generation on a creation set and release it right as we're finishing that generation yeah. i'm ho- i'm hopeful that dreams will just get a re-release on ps5 and pc and like it'll get the proper push and attention that it that it deserves and really it's for <clears> the community i mean the tools are great like milo Molecule did a bang up job on that but it's it, there's just so much neat stuff happening in that community that it's it's a bummer that it's not more widely um, yeah. seen and understood fair the accessibility is definitely an issue with dreams because i if i read about a game on dreams on the internet. I then have to go to a different room to play the game. And yeah, like, like imagine if it had, <laughs> ma- imagine if it had like a stadia like functionality where like I, someone could make something in on PlayStation, but then I could send you a link and you could, you could play it. And they, they do have something similar to that. where like you, anything that's in there is part of an online database. There's a website where there are screenshots and video, like you can see what people are doing, but I don't know. Maybe this just comes back to, it didn't hit in the culture in the way that I was I was hoping, and so even though they have some of these tools available, for whatever reason, it's just not not quite getting there. But um, if you ever had any sort of curiosity, like you know, just go to their online website where you can poke around at what creators are up to. There's just a lot of even you know, not necessarily playable stuff. It's just weird art things that people are making in in dreams. It's it's a neat thing, even if it, sounds, it ends up getting ignored. Yeah, I want to be more into it than I am. Yeah, I never got a chance to, uh, because they added VR support, and all I could think about was, like, how cool, what cool things people must be making in VR, specifically for Dreams, but um, in in redoing my office for next gen, I unplugged all my VR cables, and I have a deep-seated fear that none of them are ever going to get plugged in. Like, I played, played like, Half-Life Alex, and... 
you know, we'll get to that in a little bit, but I, it feels like, oh, that might've been like the end of VR being plugged in, in my office outside of, you know, playing with a, a quest wow. in a different part of the house. The VR era ended at Patrick's <laughs> house. It did. Yeah. So it, could be, it can be declared. The dream dies. Um, Anything else here in February that isn't an actual new release? Let's see. I mean, the listing Hunt Showdown. That's because it hit PS or hit PS4. Oh, yeah. That's a last year. I mean, game. When did it? When did it formally clear early access? Last year. Yeah. Uh, Can I just say the name of this game? Sure. Yeah. Under Night in Birth X colon Late bracket CL dash R and bracket. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to right. the fighting game community. Uh, I, I I didn't play the next game. The next game also has a good name. Vitamin Connection. These, this is video <laughs> games to me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got an email about this. I remember. Yeah, way forward game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm looking for other note. No, I've yeah. been getting emails for Romance of the Key Three Kingdoms 14 for approximately two and a half years. Apparently, <laughs> it came out this year. And <laughs> yeah. And no- at no point was like a release ever announced to me, nor was code offered. Um, <laughs> I just kept getting weird updates. Like, here's a video about how a system works. You want to watch 20 minutes on like, um, <laughs> like dynasty mechanics? And I was like, yeah, it looks interesting. Well, Let me know when that like, game comes okay. out. Apparently it came out. It did. Um, it came out. It did. I didn't get a chance to play it. I didn't find the time because I'm a, f- a fake fan. Um, so, you know, that's it is what it is. So I the thing that it made me hesitate was um the last Nobunaga's ambition they made yes. fucking rule. That was a great port, great translation, like it all worked. Um God, that game kicked ass. Go listen to Three Moves Ahead, where we talked about the Nobunaga's ambition. Because like that's a good episode. it is such a weird and cool it's probably not weird if you've if you've kept current on what Koei strategy games are doing, but like I haven't, so this is me coming back to it after like twenty years away. And I was like, this thing rocks. It's like an eight it's like it's I, I love it because if you play Western strategy games, you have a very good idea of what the possibility space is supposed to be. And then you play uh, a Romance of Three Kingdoms or a Nobunaga's Ambition, and you're like, oh, there are other ways to make these that fundamentally are chasing the same thing, but are doing it in unique, different ways um, that, that reflect a different a different history of development styles, and it it rules. In a way, like it, like it looks like Koei, Koei's direction was largely moving in the uh, Crusader Kings direction. Yep. Is like what they're like. I mean, could, what if you were just anybody here? That is could, that like yeah, exactly. You just like literally these games. If you like. There are the major players who are supposed to become the main characters of this era politically and like create the great empires. But these games also like give you the option of like, what if you were one of that dude's like minor nobles and like just were com- like just were not even relevant to the major major fights? What would you do then? Um, and it's kind of cool. The thing that it kept me off this uh, romance of the three kingdoms was. It seems to be a real patchwork, and I don't know if I got better with uh, 14. It, like, which of these games is Koei giving full, proper, like, translation support for? Because yeah. if you look at their catalog on Steam, there's a lot of shit that, like, seems to run well on Steam, with the exception of, do you know Japanese? <laughs> and the answer is, no, no I do I not. Do not. Yeah. Uh, and and so there's, there, there's a lot of games that I think I would, I would love to dig into, but, like, Strategy games, it's kind of weird. You can't really, in my view, 
you can't really handle a bad translation that well because like you need to understand what is happening. And yeah, you need if, to have an intimate knowledge of economies and what you need to manage. And if you have a slight mistranslation on how one of those economies works, you're just fucked. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, there's there's if you if you if you can't know for sure that you got the just correct, then you're gonna get frustrated. And uh, so anyway, people who've who've looked at that, let me know. Is is the water fine? Should I should I come on in? Yeah, I would love to know. So let us know. Um keep on moving here uh what happened in march anyone remember anything happening in march oh i was saying sign our wild hearts i was like wait well that was that was last year before i get confused because we have these uh games that are re-released on yeah different platforms good game though uh well what happened in march we did have i enjoyed that god jesus christ Remember that? Yeah, we saw each other this year once. Was that in March or was that in February? That was I think in February. Like, I just oh, went yeah, down there. For, you got, um, we got it in preview. right under the deadline. I uh-huh. think after maybe two, three weeks after you guys came to visit, they locked down the office. <laughs> so God, that day was so wild. That was just so. My Isabel Nenderoid had arrived two days prior to that. <laughs> and you only didn't you only just get it like last uh, yeah, month? I got we were it in, like, in office for the video for the shoots. Yes, yes. I got it like a month ago. For the shoots of a thing that I'm guessing probably hasn't been announced yet, but stay tuned. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, March. 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 Forever came out. Is that it? What? Is, Rob, that, is that what I'm saying here? What? Black I didn't hear Mesa. what you said. Did that actually release? Was that the, is that the formal like Yes, tool that was the yeah, formal. Uh, yes. yes. 1.0. Do you like Mesa thoughts, Rob? No, I don't. No. Oh, you <laughs> clapped your hands together. That's because there's a bug. Rob just keeps the web. When I see bugs, his... I try to kill them, unlike some studios I can name. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> he just took a sip of his coffee. Okay, Murder by Numbers uh, was it? It was good. It was cute. Um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, how, do you feel, how do you feel about, like, what if Phoenix Wright had to solve a bunch of uh Picross puzzles. Yeah. You know? Well it's good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't why can't Nintendo it. just release another Picross 3D? Like why can't they just do the thing? Stop releasing these flat Picross games. Like <laughs> give me the the, sh- the the big shapes that I can rotate around on my Switch. Thank you. Give your shapes to Patrick. What? Patrick it's the only one that shapes. I play. There's a million Picross I've tried to play Flat, normal, like it doesn't do anything for me. Like I was tainted by the the 3D ones, and it's the only ones I ever Patrick want to play. In 3D, so I do. <laughs> yep, um, they're good. They're good games. Yeah, I know they are. They're good. You're not wrong. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. Kato, you played some of this. Yeah, very little. I feel like I bounced off of it. Pretty well. Oh, that's not true. I played a lot of the first. Just the longest pause. <laughs> the I, first love, I fucking... love when a segue just, hey, I'm going to, here's a little alley pass for Kato. Here you go, oh, Kato. Slap it down. It's like you don't, you like rejected my alley oop. <laughs> I thought it was coming from the other side. I got flipped around. I thought I was on the other side of the court. I was. Block if uh-huh. I know anything about Kato, he's the biggest fan kind. in the world of this, this whatever this game is. Kato, you love this game, right? No. <laughs> Absolutely not, really. not Skip. <laughs> yeah. I God. played the first uh, 
three two minutes of this game like right. for like right. five hours or something. <laughs> this is the personality quiz. We the got personality, the personality quiz. quiz. Oh, I remember this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> personality quiz god remember remember when i did ridiculous shit just to write about it that was fun uh Uh (laughs) that was um yeah i like ended up not uh, bouncing off that game i i feel like um basically it's and i've never played these other games but it uh from what i understand it's um kind of uh taking this uh sheer in the wonder roguelike yeah. structure and just putting Pokemon on it. But from what, also from what I understand, it's kind of it's simplified a little that simpler because, than that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's Pokemon and it's meant for a younger audience. So like the kind of core gameplay itself of walking around these dungeons, I felt like just wasn't as interesting as it probably is in other versions of this type of roguelike. Um, so like I kind of ended up bouncing off of it, but mostly I did enjoy taking the personality quiz at the beginning where it picked up what kind of Pokemon you were. It kept saying I was a fucking Mudkip, and not a Mudkip, though. It's wrong. You're not... You're, that's absolutely wrong. I'm offended again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, more March okay. stuff. Uh, there was that Ori and the Will of the Wisps uh, release on Xbox. I don't think yeah, that, great game. Yeah, Will I, just, of the Wisps I think a, that, that a, port was uh, pretty good, you know? Well, yeah, so the problem with Will of the Wisps was... Uh, uh, it was buggy, real buggy when it first uh, came out. Um, I, I beat that game despite the fact that roughly every 20 minutes it would create a loud like, like yeah. <laughs> noise from my from my speakers. Um, known bug. They were just like, yeah, we're not. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, I mean, quite literally, it's it sounded like the computer. I thought something was wrong. Like I thought I was going to have like whatever virus like infects Rob's computer like every two and a half oh, months or so. Oh, the demon in Rob's um, computer. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I thought demon. He had- <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I thought that had like crossed planes over to my to my computer because you'd be playing and it's you know you got this beautiful little character running around and it's it's really charming music and then like and the game would stutter as it did it. Sorry, Will um, the Wisp is the sequel, right? The original was Blind Forest. Cool. Yes. So this yes, is the yeah, sequel. Is the, this, this is, is a game sequel. to go back to yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Uh, this is a game with a bad ending. Yeah, the, yeah. This game, this yeah, game fucking real has bad. A, just shitty ending i watched you beat this game and was mad about it uh yeah the short version is like yeah it's yeah it's what who it rewards and who it deems to be evil and what is evil is uh questionable (laughs) yeah it does uh, some stuff that's like yeah it just does some bad stuff in terms of like what if a a person like is born into the world like with disadvantages and then is just deemed evil as a result of that and is shunned by society. The story is just like, well, and then the story says, but at the end of the day, they were just irredeemable, weren't they? Yeah. They're just evil and let's just set them up for the next game. Um, Which is too bad because uh, The One of Us is otherwise a really, really beautiful and fantastic playing uh, Metroid-style game. I think it gets a lot better in the back half. I remember, uh, Austin, you mentioning... Um, yeah. when you were watching me play and seeing some of the mechanical complexity that came from stringing together a lot of the different movement powers, uh, like in the, like the, really in the, like the last fourth of the game are, is really spectacular. I, I agree. I wish that's, I, wish I think the earlier. first, I think the first Ori is a better game. Um, and this, the second one is like more complex without necessarily understanding how all those pieces should fit to together. Sure. Um, but I still think it's really good. I, I, in, in many ways, wish 
had I known, I, I would have uh, waited uh, either to have played that game when I had like a 4K TV. Like that game has like a 120 hertz mode on uh, the the Xbox. I can't imagine what that game must look like in 4K at like 120 hertz. Like I'm not one of those guys, but this game is so like engineered to be beautiful that that I I have to imagine it would be stunning in in both of those and or they put out that surprise uh switch port um which um is a great way to play either of these games like I, I replayed all of the original Ori in anticipation back when there was nothing to play for me in like January and February I was like well I guess I'll replay Ori I remember like email I like looked up an old email from Microsoft that was like from two years ago. It was like, hey, Orion, whatever is on uh, on Switch. And I replied to that email. I was like, so this is a – I realize I'm coming to this email two years later. But <laughs> do you happen to have a, a, another code? And they're like, we have one left? That's You funny. can have it, I guess. I was like, okay. That's funny. Thanks. God. Um, both both those games are both uh, tremendous yeah. on uh, on Switch. Yeah. Um, did any of us play Neo 2? This is like this is the one I that I so. feel bad about, but also it's about to come out on PC, so I'm very excited. In <laughs> a couple months, I guess I think it's like February. Uh, it's coming to PC, I think, and that is exciting to me. So, um, didn't play it, you know, played played some of the first one and liked it, but I've heard incredible things about this one, and I'm very curious to see it. So, I'm sorry that we didn't cover Neo Two this this year. I feel like we we missed it. Uh, is this around when you were when did you when did you take leave paternal paternity leave Patrick? It was around March, right? Yeah. I don't think Patrick heard me or is ignoring my question. Patrick. I heard I heard I heard paternity leave. I just came I just came back from Oh, I was I, not I, looking at ta- you. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Asked, was was that when you were on paternity? Person. Is that why you didn't I went on paternity leave, leave. We kept filing stories regularly throughout paternity leave and it was like yeah, <laughs> untrue untrue i had I, I had some things that could go up after later after uh-huh. i left um some of them just appeared uh, <laughs> uh yeah end of end of march is when when all that uh all that happens uh so rob do you have anything to say about overachievers <laughs> do you have anything to say about these two baseball games rbi baseball 20 or mlb the show did you get to no. those this year okay no, exit the gungeon that came out that was uh, apple arcade and then Oh, I guess maybe this is just, this is the fo- this is the this is the re-release after the Apple Arcade release from last year, right? Yeah, mm. I didn't particularly care for yeah. the, the Gungeon no. at all. Um, it didn't it didn't really do anything for me in the two D. Well, I guess it's the you know that that's the kind of side scrolly format they adopted for that. It's, right. Uh, yeah. All right, we're about maybe to get the some, reason that game kind of came and went. Some bigger ones here: Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Yeah. Gita, you reviewed I this for. I, I can't talk about this. Um, I am only posing questions. I, ah, it, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will say one thing, which is that I didn't remember that this game was going to be one of those games for me until last night at the Game Awards. Last night for us, obviously sure. not last night for you, the listener, when the Hades, Philhar- London Philharmonic version of the Hades song that I had heard also, during this month, just coincidentally picked up Hades and uh, played a lot of Hades when I was depressed that I couldn't see my boyfriend for like a month and a half. Um, I, I, the London Philharmonic turned us in from that already a very touching moment in my, in my personal life to the song from the Animal Crossing New Horizons. And I like literally just burst into tears. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good song. That's that game. I fucking played it in a month. It's so good. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I fell off of it. I fell off of it in the summer. Um, because I always do with those games. Yeah. I, I achieve certain goals and then I 
uh, fell off, and then it's really hard for me to go back to it. Even if you tell me that my villagers won't be mad at me, it's very hard for me to to set myself back into that mode again because I don't I, I don't have it in me to do the check in. I I have mm. it in me to either be. Do you think you might have had more of that not. if um. Like I wonder if like this game was, you know, it hit at a perfect time yeah. for a lot of people at home. But also, I wonder, did the game suffer from like lack of commute, right? Like where you had like a daily ritual where you'd be checking in with something like this, where you'd be on the bus, you would be maybe. Uh, but the thing is, I did keep with it. I kept with it for months. I did have a daily routine with it, and then that routine fell off as other games hit that I needed to spend time with. Um, and then, and then I stopped. And once I stop, I, it's, it's, it's hard for me to rev the the hard stack up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I have two Uh questions for the people who played this game and enjoyed it. Um, one, the first one, I guess is what would it take really for you to be able to get back into it and play it again regularly? They've been doing a lot of these updates and I wonder every time I'm always like, maybe, Uh, you know, uh, four years into new game. (laughs) <laughs> Fair like, enough. I, I know myself enough to know I'm just done and I need to accept that and not lie to myself about it because I've done this before this is the cycle with Animal Crossing games for me yeah um I I will never go back to that village I will not and it's okay and I need to accept that and like let it be a chapter in my life and not beat myself up for it but I'm not I will not it stresses me out to think about it because it means realigning the way my I living my life to get what I would need out of that game again. Mm. And it's like, I don't want to wake up and play that. I, the actual truth is I don't want to wake up and play that game every day again. And if I'm not engaging with it in that way, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. I don't enjoy a 20-minute check-in. I enjoy having it up, right. working towards things, having goals, et cetera. Um, and so when it's when I'm in that mode, that's when I'm really enjoying it. So I don't know. I, I think that there would have to be something that I can't even think of that would get me back into it. But like, I, it's hard to imagine. I feel okay. like Sec- Well, I Go was going to say I was just going to say I feel like it would take more so a lull of other things happening at this point for me to be like, yeah, sure, I'll check back in. Because it I feel like a check-in takes just like a little bit too long to fit into a regular schedule nowadays. Like I still play Genshin Impact like every day for like 20 minutes because I can do my four dailies in 20 minutes. And, like, that's just enough time that I could do that right before bed because I can do it on my fucking phone, too. And, like, I could do that with the Switch. I could play Animal Crossing for 20 minutes, but nothing... I would feel like I would get nothing done, right? Like, you need, like, at least an hour, I feel like, of, like, a daily check-in to for that game to, like, really feel like you're doing something in it um, other than just, like, I don't know, like, saying hi and, like, clearing a few weeds. I don't know, right? Like, it just feels like there's a little too much to do for that sort of, like, tiny small bite sort of consumption my other my other thing i'm curious about um i think you're all right and all your opinions are valid is that (laughs) uh did this game impose like a necessary daily structure for you in early quarantine when things were just very crazy 100 percent. that is Mm -hmm. that is the other half of it for me for sure like it gave me the transitional like object by which I could still have a commute. I could still have a schedule. I could still have things that I was checking in on. Uh, it, it helped structure that entire first couple of months of, of COVID for me in a way that was really, really helpful. Um, uh, and then and then I think we hit the summer and things started happening that I didn't need that. And all, alternatively, I just wanted to spend that time elsewhere, you know? And there's also a certain point in the game where you finish kind of the main path and then you're just waiting for events to happen. 
Like if you've hit the top, like you've upgraded your house all the way. And like, yes, you can still continue to come back and talk to your neighbors. But as far as like things to work towards at a certain point, unless you're specifically like flattening your entire island and rebuilding it like regularly, which is not the type of way I play this game. Like I, I let the island kind of live organically and I'm like not terraforming a whole lot. Uh, you reach a point after which you've, you have kind of done everything and that that was kind of where I fell off. Was like, okay, well, I have the biggest house. I have, uh, you know, like I've I've planted the plants where I want to plant them. I have the grove of uh of uh fruit or whatever where I where I can pick them easily. But uh, there's nothing to use the bells towards anymore at the end, and so I don't really need to pick the fruit every single day because I don't need to go sell the fruit every single day. You know. Right, right, totally. My house is sick. I love the house right, that I got to right. build. I ended up with a really great concept for it, um, and like, it ended up being like, and that's a classic thing, right? Is like you, you end up executing on your vision for something like that. I also built a giant robot. Those were my, those are my yeah. two, my soft and hard outros for that game. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's it is what it is. We I'm proud of myself now. for not buying. What can we talk about Doom Eternal now? Yeah, yeah. Give me, what? give me. I just, I just say, I'm proud of myself for not buying Animal Crossing. Like, I finally just realized it's yourself. not for me not for to not pay the sixty dollars and yeah. then play it for three hours and go ah. Also, Rob, okay. listen. Animal Crossing: New Horizons is one of the biggest games of the year. It deserves our time to talk about. Yeah, no, I wasn't saying we should move on from this because it's not real. I'm saying like, I feel like I'm ready to move on to a different game, and I'm really yeah. pissed at Doom Eternal. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? Talk about Doom sixty four first. The the lore the lore key of the whole of the whole universe is my understanding. Doom sixty. I you know what I would have had again had had I not had a second child that would have been yeah. like I had I, I had scheduled a whole interview yeah. with the designers to talk about like the lore of Eternal and sixty four and finally write my 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 grand opus on the, the Doom sixty four Doom unification theory and it just it fell apart because of a baby. All right, Rob. But Rob, let's yes, please please unload. dig in. No, I mean, I don't have, like, it, it, for me, this is one of my first big disappointments of the year, yeah. uh, which was, like, I was really ready to just dig into more of what Doom, like, 2016 had sort of brought, which was that fun, chaotic energy, really, like, honed down, focused on, uh, you know, just being a great run-and-gun shooter, and instead... Like every single thing they decided to expand on or double down on for Eternal, I feel was the wrong thing. And I think the thing that really strikes me when I look at Doom Eternal is like it actually makes 2016 more surprising because it is clear from playing Doom Eternal that I do not think they fully got why people loved that first game. Doom Eternal is like, oh shit, like you kind of accidentally made an awesome game and then. Now you're like now a lot of people are making a game that they wanted to make, and that turns out to be not very interesting. Um, and so, like Doom Eternal is just kind of such a weird experience because it's not like the reasons people loved Doom 2016 were hidden. It's not like boy, we don't know what that what was resonating with people. People were pretty clear what resonated, and Doom Eternal is just like all expanding in the wrong places. Yeah, I. I need to go back and play more of it because I bounced off of it so hard and so quickly um, that I didn't fully like internalize what I didn't like about it. Like I agree with all your, th- my guess is I will just arrive at the same conclusion that you did Rob, but like I, I nonetheless 
have felt compelled. And I've like sketched in my mind, I was like, oh, whenever they do like the next gen update, which they're going to do in like a month or two for the console versions, like maybe that'll be my chance to like revisit it and like fully close the door on it. Because the 2016 game is like, like an all timer for me. Like I didn't just like that game. I loved that game. Um, and was so excited for Doom Eternal. And then to play like 90 minutes of it and go, yep, n- nope. Um, I, I don't like anything about what they've done. Like it looks like Doom. It plays like Doom. But there is just something about the balance of this one where I am running in circles to keep them like a meter up. Yes. So that I can like and I so then I understand like I've, I played enough of it to understand like when I've like I will just sit and read message board threads. That's like people talking about doing a turn. I'm like, what, the f- what do you, because people, there are people who this really hit hard for, like it, it, like it, it really like struck something with them. And you can see in the, the expansion they made, which is basically it's the difficulty of the expansion from what I understand is as though you finish the base game, which you know, has ramped you up and you are totally dialed into the mechanics. And it's like, Hey, we're just going to continue at that pace. Like you are, there is no tutorial. There is no on ramp. It is you, you have played 20 hours of this, like continue your skills forward. And so like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I'm just fat. I, I am puzzled. I guess I'm so frustrated at my own reaction to it that I don't love it, that I, I continually try to find reasons to explain. Is there, is there a door I can open <laughs> that like allows me to yeah. understand yeah. it? What's the because I'm this? so, I'm just so mad that I don't, have the game that I wanted. Um, and not in the, why didn't you make the game for me sense? It's just like, this should have been like my game of the year, like full stop, easy. Like w- we've done it. Welcome doom. You are here. It's March. The decision <laughs> is over. And instead I played 90 minutes and have never felt compelled to go back. <sighs> yeah. That's a bummer. Um, Patrick, do you have time to get into half-life Alex? And you have to step away for a bit. Yeah. The washer guy is not, He's not, He's not here yet. Okay. Um, yeah, Half Life Alex. Uh, w- yeah. Um, You're the only one of us who has the setup to play it. And who not yeah, yes. he broke and, it. He uh, shattered. It's done now. Rob, I'll just throwing the ring in Mountain Doom. Rob, maybe I will. Bo- I will box up this Valve Index, and and you have the PC for it at this point. You could. You could maybe. I'd have to unscrew some things from the wall, but I, maybe I'll send that to you. But um. Yeah, um, uh, Half of Alex, a, I r- truly uh, loved uh, playing through Half-Life Alex. I think it is, um, if it ends up being like in some ways a swan song for VR, I, I think it is a pretty appropriate and, and beautiful one. It is, um, was just such an interesting, wor- I like Half-Life is one of those worlds that um, there aren't that many video game worlds where like I get, goosebumps when i like think about like a continuation of the story and i didn't actually know if half-life was that for me until like i like strapped on the headset and i heard like the gong of you know like the valve intro because i don't play dota or anything so like i don't really engage a lot with like valve as a software developer uh, a game developer like these days and like like seeing that in vr hearing that noise again seeing the half-life logo again like reminded me that like oh actually like half-life like that original was like a really defining moment of like me playing video games as a kid um, and like what they were capable of doing. And I actually do like really love these characters in this world and have wanted to see what happened at the end of episode two. And like part of what so took me aback in Alex was that I, 
I never got the sense in them talking, promoting that game that they were making a, a horror game. And Half Life Alex is just a horror game. Like it, <laughs> it is top to bottom, trying to scare the shit out of you constantly. They, I will, in my darkest dreams, can always think about the specific moment in Half Life Alex where. So you have the head crabs, and then there's a variant of the head crab that's kind of like a tarantula head crab. It's got these hairs on it, yeah. um, and it's the creepiest variant of an already creepy enemy. Um, and there is a, a sequence in Half-Life Alex that even now I don't like feel like spoiling because if people eventually get around to it, I want them to have it sort of preserved. But um, it's the there's a sequence where you encounter that creature for the first time in a dark room um, that I had such a visceral reaction to a video game. Um, now part of that is not like a mild, not I don't know as far as call it a phobia, but like, I don't like spiders. Like, and I don't like tarantulas. I but, would say it's a phobia. Um, You've talked about it well, enough that I'm like, that's well, right. That but like, I like engage. I mean, I don't know. But like in this, I, I like engage. Like I don't stray away from like horror media or like pictures of spiders. I guess it's like, it's a, it's low, it's low key and kind of like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I like subjecting myself to it because mm-hmm. I enjoy the reaction mm-hmm. I have to it. Like the adrenaline rush I find to be enjoyable. It's probably, it's directly tied into why part of the reason I like horror movies is like, I like that, that rush. Um, and there is a specific sequence with the introduction of this, this creature that I, I mean, I, I screamed. I had to like text my wife. I was like, if you heard me screaming, I'm okay. I'm actually okay. Like nothing is wrong. Like, I mean, everything is wrong, but I, I'm, I'm okay. Like I, I didn't hurt myself. Um, and had to like take the headset off, had to like like breathe for a second. And it was one of the coolest moments I've ever had in a video game. Like it was horrible. It was like deep, like deeply traumatizing, but like so memorable and interesting. And like wouldn't just wouldn't have been possible outside of VR. Um, it would have been something different. Like there's a different way you could have had a sequence like that, a different way of like, but the, it, it, it's just so finely tuned for the VR experience. And I'm I'm bummed that for all sorts of reasons, um, that it's a hot like it's best experienced with a high end thousand dollar headset. It can really only be played yeah. combined with a high end multi thousand dollar PC. Um, there are so many obstacles to experiencing this game. Even for me, like my PC is kind of middling at this point. When I got to like the climactic sequence of the game, um, my CPU just like couldn't hack it anymore, and it was just like running at like. 15 frames a second and i was like oh this is supposed to be like a really impactful moment and like <laughs> i'm just like trying to trudge to to the end of it um but it's uh i i truly found it spe- spectacular and the um the way it connects to the half-life mythology was i felt i thought like really satisfying um and so i doubt like half-life 3 or whatever they get around to next will be a vr game i really doubt that i really sincerely doubt they will do this this in vr um, and if this is sort of it, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good way for VR conceptually to go out, even if it remains around as a, a niche. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Legend of, uh, the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3. I know we're all huge fans <laughs> of the Legend of Heroes series. People love the shit out Dude, of that series, could, though. If I could, this is the whole, all I'm saying, all the thing I was just saying is to build up to me saying, truly, if I could take a year off to play a single series <laughs> because of based on like what people say about uh-huh. it, it would probably be the, the whole of the Legend of Heroes franchise. The but hyperbolic even just trail, time even just, chamber fucking Yes, if existed. I could step into the hyper- hyperbolic time, tra- uh, time chamber. I would want Wait, to play so the in this series, in this case is Legend of Heroes is its own franchise and then dude, Trails of Cold Steel is a series within that franchise and this is the it goes, third it goes it goes of the higher Trails of Cold that. Steel okay that it goes even one more step up from that please because it starts at there's the Dragon Slayer series which is a bunch of I want to say NES games okay that it was Dragon Slayer the Legend of Heroes then there's the guy the Gogharv uh trilogy trilogy and that's the legend of heroes 2 prophecy of the moonlight witch uh there's a bunch of legend <laughs> of heroes games there then there's the trails sub series and that is legend of heroes trails in the sky legend of heroes trails from zero uh legend of heroes trails to to azure and then layers of uh sorry legend of heroes trails of cold steel and that just finished. And that Cold Steel has four games in it. The fourth came out this year. Um, and I want to play them so bad. It's They're all RPGs like 100 hour long JRPGs. <laughs> it's RPG all the way fucking down. I'll never get around to it. And it's fine. It's fine. It's fine that I'm not going to play them. But I wish I could because... I hear that they're fantastic, and they're all set on the same continent. The politics are apparently really interesting, et cetera, and I'm just, I'm just sad that I don't have the time for it. Uh, it is what it is. Um, anything else here from March? Bleeding Edge came out. I played that at PAX or E3 or something. E3. It was at E3 last year, um, and that was enjoyable, but I, I didn't get around to it after it launched. Um, uh, March, March, March. Did anyone? Night and Birth came out again. It came out again. It did. It came Same out the second. It got re- yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I will just say, Vampire the Masquerade, Coteries of New York. What a great title! I haven't played that game. Maybe it's bad. Maybe it's bad on several levels. Maybe it's great. But Coteries of New York. Oh my goodness, what that conjures! It does a lot. I want to it? join Coteries. You should start. You should play this game. It's a visual novel. Um, Why don't you come to my vampire salon? <laughs> I mean, this is why Vampire the Masquerade parties. fucking slaps. Is because right. that is a hundred percent. Because because everything that's avail- like it's all available to you in the world of Vampire the Masquerade, uh, from you know intellectual debates at uh, the prince's court to hanging out in a dark club while the Cure plays, uh, and everything in between <laughs> that wide range of, of yes. things. Um, uh, you know, I to be clear, I think. Contemporary tabletop vampire the masquerade stuff is has been let's say troubled. White Wolf uh, variations on the White Wolf properties have been handled by some let's call them Nazis uh, in the past <laughs> decade, um, and so there's been some problems. I think that the I believe I believe the current the folks in charge of the current release are not bad. I believe I believe 
the the bad folks were pushed out and replaced. Um, uh, I was going to say you know. just then, Rob. Like, why don't we just play Vampire the Masquerade together, the tabletop game? <laughs> Can you, you just show me what character you would roll for that? I just want to know. See, I like uh, that's. Uh, Do you yes, know? I like. I'm really yeah, What in. clan would you be? I think Rob would be a Toriador. Um, is my oh, obviously. Is my read. Hang on, I gotta look up what the freaking plans are again. All right, I can name as many. Okay, wait, I'm gonna turn on my camera again so you can see that I'm not here in my hands. Okay, you're so not, not cheating. Not okay, thank shit. you. Okay. All right, Ventru, which are like business leadership ones, Toriador, artsy ones, uh, Shimize or Tsumitze, the like face shifting ones. They're, I think that they're a Sabat mm-hmm. clan. Um, the Bruja, who are like. Uh, like, and they're not animal changey, but they're like violent and aggressive, and sometimes they can animal change. The Gangrel are the ones that are more animal changey. Um, ooh, uh, the uh, Tremere are like mages. They're like the blood magic people. The mm-hmm. um, I'm missing some. I'm missing some Camarilla ones for sure. <laughs> Fuck, that might be all I can pull from my brain right now. If I could see the if I could see their clan logos, I could see yeah. them for sure. The Asamites are the assassins. They're not in the Sabbat, but they're also not in the Camarilla, I believe. Oh, mm-hmm. the Giovanni are are mafia vampires. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they just made Italian vampires. It's bad. Hey, and Giovanni I'm isn't even. Blood over here. I know it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Except the one thing that's fun about it is that means that I always thought the Giovanni from Pokemon was secretly a vampire. Um, <laughs> The uh, fuck is anything? How many are left? Can you have a list in front of you? That's probably a bunch. Uh, I'm looking at a list. Draconis combine. um, The Draconis combine, right? Of course. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But at the Tremere, said the Tremere. They're they're blood mages. The Tremere. Um, Banu Hakim, formerly Asimites. Yeah, Asimites. Oh, they got renamed. Okay. Okay. Um, Clan Ministry, Clan Industrial Band Ministry. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Malkavian, um, Malkavian, uh, yes. deeply the ableist. Mal- uh, yes. What if the vampires were like, what if the blood had gotten to their minds and they were existed in the kind of a different perspective of reality? Um, you what know, if you your mental be- health problems got twisted? Got twisted. What if you got jokerfied? <laughs> the oh, yeah. It's not like trying to tap into like hippie subculture and like they're just a vampire clan full of like people who are all like open your third eye and that's how we roll like that's not it, it's sort it's it, it can it can be in that direction but what it really is is like um what it really is is an excuse for someone at the table to be like i'm gonna play i'm gonna be twisted i'm gonna i'm gonna play what i think i'm like hollywood crazy it's bad mm-hmm. um it's I, you know i think there's ways to do it well uh, probably <laughs> um i don't know what the contemporary like write-up is on malcavian yeah. like I've, i haven't read the, the the books i read books when those books were originally coming out pre-Gehenna, pre-like the original run. Um, so, or, or during the original run. So, I don't know what the contemporary thing is. Nosferatu, they're Nosferatu. They're like, whoa, uh, what if the, yeah. my vampire curse made me look like a Nosferatu from the movie Nosferatu? Nosferatu. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's Nosferatu from the movie Nosferatu. I think Nosferatu. you literally, you got all of them. That's you missed Malkavian initially, but you got you got there. I feel like there's another Sabat clan. There has to be another, because the only ones I've said are Tumize. And La Sombra. La Sombra. The, I think are they yeah. all they're like witches. They're like I want to say they're like yeah. lady the witches shadow. or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Nicknames the Night Clan, Abyss Mystics, Keepers, there you Magisters, go. Abyss Mystics? Yeah, the Abyss, Abyss Mystics. Abyss Mystics. Abyss Mystics. It's the cover band of the Eurythmics. <laughs> God. Mm. All right. Well, yeah, that was Rob a fun is a Toriador. 
I'm probably a Tori Adore. Are we sure there's no chance I'm Ventru? You might be Ventru. So this is a funny story, too. Uh, in college, have I told the story to y'all? In college, I played in a tabletop. Uh, uh, we had a group of people who wanted to start playing tabletop games. And we had someone who wanted to run one for us. But many of uh, the group had never played a tabletop RPG before. Mm. And so we played a vampire game. We played a World of Darkness game, but I think it was mostly a vampire game in which we played our we played college students who are like us, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Who sure. some wild shit happens. It sounds overnight. like you get charged very quickly. Uh huh. Oh, dude. <laughs> Long term, it got charged in a way that was very upsetting. Uh, we can't get into that part of this story. <laughs> it was like, multiple different layers of that game. We all learned this lesson. We all learned a lot of lessons. Like oh, we Vampire the be- Masquerade is the game that this happens yes. with almost yes. exclusively. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Like, oh, I got stories. But in this, the thing was that we got turned into vampires. Like by a secret organization and we didn't know what clan we were we just kind of unlocked powers bit by bit um and i had positioned myself very toreador to that group of people and like i had thought that that's where i was going um but i was also the most experienced vampire the masquerade player tabletop rpg player and so i naturally had fallen into a very like leadership role and like encouraging people and etc and then like a big late act twist was me thinking like oh, I can't wait to meet my Toriador master one day and like this person's going to help me become a, a cool <laughs> vampire lord and instead it ended up being this like like slick business CEO mastermind who was a oh, venture and the GM was very much was very much psychoanalyzing me uh, mm-hmm. and and very much being like no awesome what you don't understand is you think you're a Toriador but really you're a venture and I uh, hated don't him do for psychology it. <laughs> when uh, yeah, you're playing tabletop games well don't worry Things only got worse from there, <laughs> you know. Things we started LARPing at the LARPing stage. You open some doors. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, boy, that's is that not how most people play Vampire? That was my only introduction to Vampire. There is a Vampire. A there is a there is a very famous Mind's Eye Theater version of Vampire that is the like the LARP version. It had yeah. very solid rules for LARPing and conflict right. resolution with very little. Uh, like dice with no dice, um, and so that became a very popular way of like doing it. But you, you can also table top it and stuff like that. That were like yes, there's all sorts of, of little things like that. Yeah, uh, this sounds this, like a system that if you had access to an unused black box theater, you could have a real hell of a time. We did, we did yeah. a lot of stuff in spaces <laughs> like that around the Hofstra University campus. Exactly. Um, also, the Wakanda salute is how you obfuscate. You use your obfuscation powers in vampire LARPing, which means obfuscate means you turned invisible. Right. <laughs> you use vampire invisibility. <laughs> so you would have in two th- circa two thousand three to two thousand seven, you definitely saw a lot of a lot of kids on the on the Hofstra University campus going like boom, I'm invisible now, tossing up that Wakanda salute before it existed. <laughs> and I just want a time traveler to go back and be like, what the fuck is going on? You're all canceled. <laughs> You're all canceled. You can't do this. Um, yeah, anyway, we had a quit. Patrick left and we immediately that, went off the rails. Immediately. He's yeah. going to come back. We're still going to be on a game none of us played. <laughs> um, uh, um, did anyone play the Persona 5 Royal? Royal? Uh, did anyone play that? No. 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 Okay. No. What else happened in March? Got, um, uh, I think I had see. something. Oh, yeah. Was Yes Your Grace March? I have it in my March folder on Steam. Maybe. And I think both Rob and Gita yeah. played that. 
Yeah, I played all of that unexpectedly. Yeah, oh, wow, March you played 6th. the whole thing. Damn. Yeah, I played the whole thing. I actually, I, I unexpectedly really, really liked it. I, uh, it's not going to make it on my list, I think, but I think it's a decent little game, fun little man- management game. I, I like these management sims that take very basic management sim concepts and then use those those mechanics to tell a story. Uh, it's been pretty popular. When I look back at this year, I think I played a couple of those games like that, and I think uh, they're all very interesting, and it's something I, I want to see more management sims try specifically to tell use a form to tell a story or make a point rather than just be obsessed with the form yeah um rob you i remember you you kind of bounced off of that after some time right yeah eventually i think it was just unfolding a little well one it was unfolding a bit slowly for me uh there's a lot of like wandering around this fucking castle and um like talking to people and uh, like eventually you just get tired of walking these circuits uh but the other thing was it just had such a feeling of impending disaster. Like everything I was doing was just somehow making things worse. And I was like, this is a bummer. It's good. It was, it was good. But also I was like, I don't think I want to be this kind of uh, like. what a bad what's, dad. Just like a really bad, bad dad. dad. A bad God, dad. I, just, I was groping towards. I was like, I don't think I want to be like medieval fantasy Obama in some ways where you're like yeah. trying to chart this middle course. and Everything keeps going to shit. And you're like. Better double down on this middle course. And it's like, dude, read the fucking tea leaves. And yeah. Yeah, I guess you did a witchcraft to try to produce an heir and then their wife died. That's how it goes sometimes, huh? That's just fucking how it goes. Um, Other March thing briefly. Uh... Uh, Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord uh, came out in early access. I played enough of it to know I want to wait for it to come out of early access. I want it to be done, and then I'm going to I'm gonna go well, deep dive on that. Um, let's do April, and then maybe we'll, we'll take a break after April. How's that sound? We'll see how April goes, maybe. Yeah. Um, so Patrick isn't back yet, and I need to know his thoughts on Resident Evil 3. I think he's the one of us who played it. Right. Um, didn't, so maybe we'll, did we'll, you we'll speak save for Patrick. Uh, you can just what, Rob? I can speak for Patrick. Okay. Wow. He, you have his proxy. He, yeah, he no, gave I, you his I, proxy. I don't. Um, okay. Austin, did you? We'll come back to it. Did Did I black out or did Did you play uh, Gordian Quest? That came out in March. I don't think it's on this list. Well, it didn't come out in March, did it? Apparently, I thought it came out last year. Did that came out mm-hmm. in March. My speaker's glitched. It sounded like Kato said accordion quest. Oh, do you know what? The reason it's accordion the reason quest. it's not there in my it's the reason it's not in my March page is because I've played it since then. So yeah, that makes oh. sense. Yeah, I, I like Gordian Quest a lot. Uh, it's still in early access. I dip back into it in September because ah, they added a new that's why. Okay. chapter to the game, and each chapter is its own standalone thing. So you could just like jump ahead and try out a different thing. Um, it is like a Slay the Spire style, uh, like. It's it's actually it, it isn't it isn't it is a card game it is a, a card game RPG uh, but you have a party that has equipment and your equipment gives you some of your cards um, and it is not a roguelike in the Slay the Spire sense um, you're exploring a map you are getting into fights um, I think that it has such good like click feel but also just like the it is fun to engage. It is. It is. It, it tastes like junk food in a really mm. good way. Um, I. It. You know. My, the fights are rarely as hard as something like say the spire. They can. They can get tough at certain points. But it is not. It is not that style of I'm trying to like 
balance my resources across whatever. It's so much more the feeling of playing a big RPG where you're like, now I'm upgrading this perk. Now I'm the numbers are going up um, and the attack animations look cool. And the fight, you're kind of, um, you're fighting in a, in a, uh, a sort of JRPG style. You're on the left side, enemies on the right side, except the left side is a three by three grid. Uh, and the right side is a three by three grid. So there's like ranks and files, uh, in, in which you are, um, uh, aiming attacks. So maybe your mage has like a lightning strike attack that hits a whole, you know, row of, of enemies, uh, or, you know, you have a, a ranger who can do like some sort of explosive arrow attack or whatever. Uh, all of the classes have a bunch of really cool different variations. Again, it's still in early access. I think once this game is out of early access, I'm going to disappear into it for a month. Um, it feels like right. that sort of thing. Totally. Uh, and like I said, the second act is it came out in late August, um, and they have continued to to build, I think, a really cool game. Um, it's like very like generic um, in a way that I actually like <laughs> um, in a way that's like it's doing generic anime fantasy Right. stuff you know like that is the the that is the space it's in which often means it's playing in stereotype it's often playing in you know very familiar tropes um like, nothing that i think I, I, yeah go ahead Kata. Uh, it's it's like popcorn you know like it's like no yeah, not a lot of substance but fucking delicious right <laughs> like yes totally totally 100 percent. i yeah it, it's really delicious that's that's a, a good descriptor a delicious <laughs> dish um uh, Patrick, you're back just in time. Yeah, it's ended up. T- uh, one, I need to buy a new washer. Mm-hmm. I'd ask for recommendations, but I'll have bought one by the time this podcast comes out. Great, <laughs> love to have a guy, uh, you know, person come in. I mean, the guy's awesome. He's coming done other stuff for us. He's no bullshit. It's just nice to have someone who's just like you can trust to give it to you straight. And he just walks in, and is like, oh, you're buying a new washer. Just not even gonna look at the rest of it. <laughs> wow, just go get another one. I was like, oh, damn. Owned. All right, um, and then. Um, he was like, hey, uh, you play that new Cyberpunk? And I was like, oh, uh, okay. Um, Did you see your PS5 or something? No, he. we talked about games oh, the last gotcha. time. You know, I it was just gotcha. bullshitting. And he was like, when he, when he came out and told me our dryer was broken the spring, um, when I should have bought these <laughs> together, and I yeah. didn't. Um, and, uh, and, I, and he asked me a couple questions about it, and uh, then I, like, picked up on the fact that, like, it sounds like maybe he's, like, a hardcore PC gamer, and I was like, oh, what are you uh, playing then? I'm like, a PlayStation or Xbox? He's like, nah, man. Psh, PC. Like, I just buy new <laughs> graphics cards. And I was like, oh, oh all right, Dryer Man. Like, okay. And then we I think talked it is about a, WoW raids. There is nothing that, there is nothing that um, illustrates the ways in which it feels like the conversations we have about games, I don't just mean us, but, like, mm-hmm. the Twitter sphere uh uh is insulated from the rest of the world yeah and much smaller in reach than we ever than sometimes it feels because because when things break bad and someone gets like piled on um the way for instance uh callie callie did over at GameSpot this week um for a seven out of ten an extremely good review of cyberpunk that called a lot of its faults uh into clarity Uh, and also not even the lowest scoring game no like uh, seven out of ten is still like maybe Uh worth playing but like going with like wide eyes oh yeah here are all the problems uh with with the way it handles culture and race and and theme and politics uh and here are the ways in which it's a a broken fucking video game um uh so i think when things like that happen when she gets piled on when, when people get attacked it feels huge and it feels like okay this is the center of 
the world, but like your washer repairman be like, you play that cyberpunk is the biggest illustration of like, oh no, there are millions and millions and millions of people who've not even heard the criticisms of that fucking game, the actual criticisms of that game, uh, and not just like the Reddit post about you know whatever the bugs uh, are. I think so. this guy. I think this guy might be on Reddit. Honestly. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. He's like yeah. the way he talked about WoW rating, and like I was like, oh, you're like a you're okay, like a, like yeah. you're you're mm-hmm. in it. Um, anyway, God. So. okay. Uh, Patrick, Resident Evil Three came out in April. Yeah, that dis disappointing. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Resident Evil Three that wasn't a particularly good game when it came out. Um, I think the remake is. fine um it it doesn't uh with resident evil 2 uh you know a game that i i know austin akita did you play re2 i don't i don't know where you fall always on like horror stuff so i don't know i love horror movies i just am too scared i'm a too scared little baby to play games 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 i think they're different i think watching i think enjoying horror movies and playing horror games are like fundamentally different um to the point where Mm -hmm. i've i've expressed on this podcast where like playing the new uh, uh amnesia game I was like, I don't, I've, I'm remembering, I don't, exi- I don't exactly like doing this by myself. Um, yeah. um, it's, I enjoy yeah. like streaming horror games because then it feels like I'm like playing yeah. them with a community. It like takes the edge off. Um, but yeah. anyway, so RE2, I like walked a fine line um, of like, what does it mean to revisit a classic? And I think it did a really excellent job of maintaining the spirit of RE2 while also like quality of life and like finding in some ways its own identity of like, making that game um in in 2019 um in re3 they should have taken bigger swings it's like this game is only remembered because of a big dude like a like a a kool-aid man that like runs around the world like that's all that people remember about this you could change everything else and all you do is piss off like a tiny amount of re3 fans and everyone else would would benefit um and they, they just didn't like it's 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 just kind of uh nemesis isn't that scary or interesting even if you uh remove the fact that he's not like systemic um and it's just like scripted sequences it they just fell the whole game kind of falls flat it makes me worried that the rumor is that team is doing resident evil 4 um the the only spin on that i can put is that well if re3 the reason re3 didn't work was because like it looks gorgeous like the aesthetically and mechanically it's fine um, just creatively, it was a disappointment. So, well, RE4 starts with like a much stronger foundation, and if all you did was a t- tweak around the margins and as- update the aesthetics, RE4 would still be a really fantastic experience. And so, maybe that team is uh, equipped to to do that just fine. Um, but uh, I, 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 you know, playing RE3 mostly was just like I want to know what the RE2 team is going to do next. Um, and so, yeah, that's where I kind of fell on Resident Evil Three. Yeah, but I'll keep playing them. You want to remake all those games? Like, like uh, you know what? Like, um, um, like Resident Evil is a fran- another franchise that I will just consume, um, uh, methodically and without concern yeah. for my own well being or whether they're oh, good it's Star or Wars bad. for you. Um, yeah, this is your Star Wars. Well, not but like Star Wars. I, like I care about Star Wars more than I care about the. Like, I don't care about the RE mythology. Like, you're not a, okay. yeah, Wesker. Yeah, stand. fair enough. Fair I just, enough. I just, I just. What like, is the Raylo of of Resident Evil ships? Fuck. Ooh. I don't know. Have relationships ever been like developed enough in that game to make no. shipping like that kind of enduring thing? I just need. Fandom? I just need. I just need Resident Evil to. With their, Capcom's clearly going to revisit all of these games. Like so, at some point in the next ten years, they're going to get to RE5, so the discourse can like eat itself. 
And oh, yeah. Capcom is forced to revisit having made like a tremendously racist video game when the industry wasn't ready to talk the, about that. Yeah, when the industry was yelling at black people for saying, hey, this seems a little little, little yeah. suspect to me. Um, hey, pro tip to myself in the past, break up with that guy who bought Resident Evil 5 even though you said it was racist and then made you play it as the black woman. Yeah, don't don't date him. And, it, and, and so, and, but also makes RE5, like, it's like people... Um, really defend that as like a like that it's a tremendous co-op game like try to hand wave everything else be like it's a really fucking good co-op game which may be true (laughs) but i just want i'm i i I want that discourse again like let's go round two it's gonna be here yeah yeah we'll fucking see um the next thing i'm gonna become the joker (laughs) from april Wong leon is end game obviously oh yeah Uh uh-huh Wong leon is end game Uh (laughs) uh-huh fuck off uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, a game I was so skeptical of, so deeply, I you know, I wasn't all the way to like, they shouldn't remake it, um, though I was someone who was like, I don't know that it's going to translate, I'm worried about this or that, really liked that game, really, really liked that remake, mm-hmm. uh, had a great time with it. Like I think it even more the more distance I yeah, have from same, it. Um, same. Like, even my qualms about where it goes in the ending and like, I... I like so. I think it was uh, Heather Alexandra that I, I wish I had the, the the tweet, but there was some somewhere they put it where it was like, uh, like it's a it's it's a remake that's aware, well aware that it's a remake and is commenting on the fact that it's a remake, and that's so. I really I don't know that I'll like where the story ends necessarily. Like there's a a, a whole lot of uh, potential for Nomura to not stick the landing on that, oh, but yeah. I I like so much that it engages my brain in a in a different. Uh, way, which is like I'm thinking about Final Fantasy VII as a cultural product um, while I am playing the, the remake, and that's just fun. Like that's that's cool, um, and I'm glad that's the approach they ended up taking with it because it's just it's more ambitious than I ever than I was expecting um, from a storytelling perspective, at least. Yeah, I really really liked it. Uh, I think I think the the gameplay is really sharp. I think the combat design is fantastic. All the characters feel so unique as they play them or as yeah. you play them. I think the mm-hmm. the areas are all really uh, well rendered and and it's it's an interesting game structurally because they they you know bulked it up with some side quests that just weren't there in the original. Um, but in almost every case, I, I felt like I I spent as much time as I wanted to in most of the areas. There are a handful of places that I felt and still feel, uh, and I think I said this at the time, I'm sure I said this at the time, did not need to be big dungeons. There are a couple places that are much longer than they need to be, or they've added like weird puzzle mechanics um, to things <laughs> that I think were better as evocative background pieces. Big robot hands don't need to like move boxes, move crates around. They can just be big uh, robot yeah. hands. Um, stuff like that, like I, I, it didn't stick with me. But like then I think about the big house boss fight and that house <laughs> rules, that fight rules. Um, the stuff with, with, uh, um, you know, the, the new characters, like the bike guy are all really fun. And, and I think you you look at someone like Jesse who gets so much development in this game yeah. that wasn't there originally. Um, and, and that development, uh, also connects to world building in a really sharp way at, at, at giving you a different perspective on the way the Shinra corporation, you know, interacts with its employees, stuff like that. It's just really good. Um, so, you know, I was, I was making my, my list. This is like a month or two ago now, and I was like, damn, am I going to end up with a list of like basically just like indie games? Um, 
And then I was like, wait, no, Final Fantasy VII Remake is the, <laughs> is the opposite of an indie game. It is a huge, like, remake of a multi-million dollar super franchise. That, is not, that has now yeah. been cut into pieces, yeah. into multiple uh-huh. acts. And it's going to be on, it's definitely going to be on my list somewhere. So we'll see. Um, Let's see, still stuff in April. PSO2 got released on Xbox. That's I don't think that's worth hitting by itself. That when that, when that that whatever the new update to that hits next year, that is that'll be interesting. Um uh Cloudpunk I played and didn't love um I I thought that the the writing kind of let me down a little bit and and the exploration, but it got a first person mode added. Um, oh. both to the driving and the exploration. And Pretty that recently, sounds really right? interesting. Like in the last yeah. like, couple, a couple months. Yeah. So I want to go hmm. go back to it and see if that uh, changes my ex- my experience of exploring that world because previously it was all kind of like set camera angles when you were exploring. And there's a lot of running around and stuff. And like for a world that seems like it's built such a fantastic sense of scale, you don't get it when you're out of your car. You only get it while you're flying around. And, that's, and that was a bummer to me. Um. The next thing on my list here is XCOM Chimera Squad, but if someone else wants to talk about uh, Umihara Kawase uh, Fresh or Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4 Road to Boruto. Road to Burrito is how I want to read that. It's not a road to a burrito, unfortunately. (laughs) That's right. I want a road to a burrito today. I don't think I'm going to have one, but I want a road to burrito. Um, Boy, Chimera Squad is a game that, that released immediately before it would have been received differently. Like just under the wire, uh, under the wire the discourse. Yeah, um, yeah. The wait, why the XCOM why? cops uh, expansion? Because the XCOM cops game. Oh, I didn't play it. I, oh, I, oh, oh, dude, it's oh, yes. Yeah, oh, so it is yeah. entirely. What if you were a XCOM SWAT team? Like yeah. that is the game, and yeah, it's, Ghost in the Shell XCOM yeah. XCOM world. You know, and even in the. Like, even in the game, you're close enough to being, like, cops and it's playing with, like, enough police procedural tropes that it's embracing a little, like, a lot of the cop, like, cop mythology mm-hmm. around, like, the hyper-competence of special police units, uh, the fact that, like, police forces need these, like, elite militarized strike teams yep. to deal with the kind of threats you find. Now, the thing is, in this work of fiction... They do need a hyper-militarized strike team because it's XCOM world, and they just finished a shooting war with aliens, and the detritus of that is all around the world. And there are, Uh, like, and you're trying to integrate society, and there are anti-alien, you know, uh, terrorists trying to stop that integration, and there are, there are, you know, there's all sorts of shit that is fascinating world-building stuff, um, in the same way that, like, you know, Garrus Vakarian is a cop in the Mass Effect universe, and there, are, there, are, we engage with with fictional police over and over again in our lives, uh, whether through explicitly cop shows or stuff that is adjacent or whatever. And I, I mentioned Ghost in the Shell earlier, and I am not someone who is like, we have to get rid of all policing in all media forever. Um, uh, you know, we talk about Disco Elysium is a cop game, right? Um, uh, but I, but the specifics of the way this stuff was framed very much was like, I, this is a vice to me. This is like, I'm, I am, um, enjoying this in spite of the cop shit. Uh, and it's, I'm enjoying the way it's, it's telling an interesting story and has, it has interesting characters, but at all points I am, I'm aware of, uh, the ways in which it's playing into, you know, copaganda type shit. And then weeks later, it would have been impossible for me to, push that part of my response down. Um, uh, and that stuff is cyclical in some ways, right? Like there are times in my life when I'm ready to deal with something that has, 
that crosses the line in certain ways. Um, and there's times when I'm not. And the the the, the reason I say, or or the maybe it's more like the um, the degree to which that shit will bother me changes um, because. I, I, there's very little shit that's out there in mainstream culture that doesn't cross some line or that, or doesn't have some content that I disagree with. It's more of a matter of like, where is it at that I draw that line in any given day? Or where is it that it, that the emo, like emotionally that I can't fucking stand it anymore is different. If that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that definitely changed this year. Um, but, but I liked that game a lot when it came out in spite of, in spite of that framing. So uh, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what that team does next because the mechanical changes in that game are so unique. The like breach and clear stuff is so different. Um, also, there's like a boss. There are bosses in that game, Rob. I don't know if you got that far into it, but there definitely are just like boss encounters. It's weird. So um, the other tactics game that came out the next like week or whatever was Gears Tactics. Which Hell I know yeah. Rob and Patrick played more of than me. Yeah, I beat that shit. Even though about halfway <laughs> through, I I I had already I'd already beaten it halfway through in that I'd done everything the game had to offer, and yet huh. I played another fifteen, you know, hours of it. Um, it's uh, I really liked Gears Tactics. I don't have a particular affinity for the Gears like universe, um, but I thought they did a really interesting job of adapting the different mechanics of like Gears as a shooter. And just making it feel different and weighty um, in than than I was expecting. It was a game that like it was good, but also like it's my experience with it was like this is better than I was expecting, and so then I was enjoying it more than I was expecting just because it was such a kind of the surprise uh, factor. Right. Um, but it's just missing any sort of meta. There is no structure to it outside of just going from one mission to the next, and when it runs out of scenarios and to present you with there's just like nothing else to latch onto um and yet i i was playing this game at like the the height of like the first wave in illinois i was on paternity leave and was like really stressed out and every time i would sit down whether in the morning or an evening and like play gears tactics even though at this point i wasn't doing anything new like i felt like the like my brain shift like i became physically calmer um huh. playing it um Partially because it was so familiar. I was like, I know exactly what I've done this fight before. Nothing is going to surprise me here. But I just enjoyed the A and B and C of Gears Tactics so much that it didn't it didn't matter. Um, I found the last boss to be super frustrating because they, at the last second, they the, the whole game is structured around like have a squad that you really love and stick with them. And then the last fight is like, no, actually, we're going to force you to do things differently and not go in with the it was weird. Um, but I really want them to make a sequel. I think there's a tremendous foundation for them to to build on. Um, yeah. Um, other stuff, some stuff that's not on this list really quick. Uh, Receiver 2 came out in April and I don't have a lot to say about that game, but it was interesting to return to that like that style of game and that universe after years uh for people who don't remember receiver as a you know, the first game it's a game that takes gun use extremely seriously in terms of the m- amount of buttons you have to press and procedures you have to complete to get to firing a bullet 
Um, I didn't, Austin, I didn't know. See, I thought I was like, what is he talking about? Like, I didn't even know this came out this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. This is while, this is while you were out. Um, uh, do you want to I feel receiver? like I should have at least, like, like my, I would have noted at one point that, like, I think re- receivers, like, a, a, a utterly fascinating game. Yes. I, I had no idea Dude, that they. It came out and has, like, you know, 1,300 very positive reviews on Steam. It, sure. It, it that did fine. Shock me. Which is nice. Um, you know, it has a, a very interesting narrative in terms of. It's world building, which ends up being a lot about mental health in this one um, and confronting some huh. like dark places it brings you. Um, this game is is this this game is partially about confronting suicidal ideation um, and the danger of guns. Um, and that's interesting. I don't I didn't play enough of it to come away with a uh, well thought out response to how it handles that stuff and so i don't want to just like throw out something there um uh but people should know that going into it because i did not know that going into it and the first time that that content showed up because that's not just dialogue or story stuff it's interactive uh specifically around the guns um in in a way that is like very striking uh and very strange um uh it's worth knowing that going in uh but it's it's an interesting first person game people should at least look at it uh another thing that's not on this list but was in my steam library uh was uh ancient enemy which i'm going to shout out really quick so i can actually shout out something that i like a little bit more from the same developers (laughs) great alien games make a bunch of card games um they they make a bunch of like solitaire style games um and the the you may you may remember from years ago when like Lee Alexander was tweeting a lot about Regency Solitaire, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be like visual novels with uh, Solitaire in between the chapters, right? Um, and Ancient Enemy uh, is one in which it's that stuff, but also you get a bunch of abilities and uh, the Solitaire is framed as like a con- – it's almost like um, Puzzle Quest but Solitaire version, uh, um, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say. Um, they've ad- And I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I think that the character stuff is like really boring and the world didn't really stick for me. Shadowhand, which came out in 2017, is like – 18th century England, you are a, like, you know, a lady of court who also puts on a mask and goes out and hunts bandits. You're like an aristocrat, but who's also like a a superhero. It fucking rules. That world is dope. I think the RPG stuff in it is just as good as an ancient uh, enemy. Um, and uh, people should play Shadowhand. That's that's it's it's a game I often play on buses or like when I'm going home for the holidays because it always runs on my laptop. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just play a couple rounds of Shadow. Okay, get a little further into this. Um, the only other thing I have for me in this month is Streets of Rage Four, a game that I was disappointed in because of, I'm a Streets of Rage Two super fan, and that makes me impossibly hard to please. But everyone else I know, except for Jeff Gerstmann, I think responded really well to this game. So I think that I'm just being a stick in the mud, like Jeff <laughs> is. Uh, and and I, you know, you know, it is what it is. It's it's. I was never going to be happy with something that didn't stick the landing. There wasn't just Streets of Rage 2 again, um, uh, and that's on me. That's not on that game. I think so. it's cool that that game seemed to land with enough yes. people yep. that it's hard for that genre to be other anything other than, like, a complete tiny niche. And it yeah. seemed like, you know, I don't know that that game, you know, sold millions necessarily, but it, it was just neat for a genre that used to dominate the, you know, gaming landscape and then has now been sort of like ushered into just like a tiny little corner. Like that one seemed to like land with a, a wider group. And that's cool that that's even possible in 2020. Yeah. I really liked some of the character designs. I really liked 
um, kind of narratively some of the stuff that, that it did. There's some fun callbacks to the, to the previous games, and and I'm I'm I was you know I had an okay time. Um, I just a lot of the music didn't land with me. A lot of the level design didn't land with me, and that's like again that's a that's a me thing. Um, I know everything we're talking about is an us thing, but like <laughs> yeah, it just didn't it just didn't work for me unfortunately. But I, I think it's a well made game at the very least. Uh, last thing I want to shout out from this month is Sakura Wars, which is an action RPG dating sim that came out that I only put a little bit of time into. Uh, giant robots uh, in in uh, you know 1940s Japan um, is a, a weird choice. Uh, a it's not a weird choice. Uh, I believe the anime came after the original Saturn game, I want to oh, say. Damn, Sakura okay. Wars is a long-running yeah, series yeah. that fucking kicks ass. Um, and I wanted to get deeper into this and then just got distracted because of the job. Um, and, and I need to, it's on my holiday or January list of games to revisit. Um, because it's, it's such an interesting, um, premise, uh, which ends up being uh, the basic premise of this game is that you are put in charge of a theater that does like variety show, like musical reviews type stuff. And also, when the aliens attack, you and your theater troupe get into you the mess. You have mechs. to save the community center. You have to save the community center <laughs> from the aliens. And also, you have to compete in an international mech combat tournament. Of course. With, like, the French team and the British team and the American team and the Chinese team and et cetera. Uh, and it's a dating sim and it's fun and the music is gr- is the music is incredible. And I'm getting mad at myself for not playing this game more than I talk about it. I love anything where the setup is, my God, the aliens are attacking to deal with this. First, we need a talent competition. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you got to know, you gotta know who you're sending out. You got to know. Totally. Um, so, we must yeah. quickly create an emergency academy where attractive young people will test their skills, but also explore personal growth. Also, I said aliens, <laughs> it's demons. It's because because uh, right. it's it's there's a great demon war. It's a whole thing. But anyway, it's good. All the all the characters seem really good, and I wish I put more time into it. Um, um one last it. game from April. Uh, that I don't. I think Austin was the only other person who touched this. Boreal Tales, which oh, now yeah, has Boreal a different Tales. name. Damn. Uh, Boreal Tenebrae Wait, Act One. I stand before you, a form undone. They changed the name on the itch page. I had trouble finding it actually, but oh, I see. Uh, it is yeah, Boreal. Uh, Boreal Tales, Boreal Tenebrae now, um, a an adventure game in kind of you know P- PS two PS one era, three uh, D uh-huh. graphics with uh, single yeah. like uh, static camera angles. Um, that was really interesting. I wish I about, finished uh, this. Uh, yeah, same. I, I mean, this is this is on my list of like shit. I need to go back and like oh, really. I need to finish this. Finish yeah, this yeah, fucking yeah. game because it was so fucking cool. Um, this great kind of like exploring uh the memories and uh scenes of a small town, uh as it's like one factory is like shutting down and like, uh there's like also like witchcraft involved and like VHS craft yeah. like witchcraft through the v- vhs, VHS tapes. craft it's that's correct it's so fucking good like one of the g- only games this year one of the, like the only games i can think of in recent memory that really kind of hit the idea of like um like magical realism of like this is just like the things that happen in this town are like 
the way that that these like nobody like blinks an eye at any of the weird the quote unquote weird things right this is daily life for them but it's still so surreal to be an outsider kind of like learning about this world uh for the first time and i just loved like really loved what i played of it and definitely did that thing of like oh shit this other thing came out and i have to move on and i swear i'm gonna come back and i don't come back until it's like the end of the fucking year but i really did enjoy my time with this game apparently there was a big update in june that got rid of a lot of the bugs and that's great to hear so great so yeah maybe (laughs) we should both we should both revisit boreal boreal uh, tenabre act one i stand before you a form undone great name great style hell yeah all right i think that's it for april that's probably it for our first half of this podcast we should take a break uh, it is lunchtime here in in the podcasting house. We're not in a house. That's a lie. <laughs> We're, on sorry, lie We're on Remember our separate houses. Remember when we did this in a single room? That I was do. Fun. We, in that a was way, fun. it was warm. <laughs> it, it yeah, was warm. I wish our room that room was a little bit bigger, but we didn't it, have it was, good food. It's fun to have like people in a space to interact with. It's, remember that? It is. <laughs> I do. I do remember that. I mean, not recently, but you no. know, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, we should take that break. Thank you always to to uh, everyone who's joined us. Thank you to to, to Mello who led us, uh, who who made the holiday theme song for us. Um, you can find To Mello on Twitter at twitter.com slash mellow makes uh, and find the, the songs at to mellow makes dot bandcamp.com. Find me on Twitter, Austin underscore Walker, Waypoint. Also there. Rob, how about you? At Rob Zachney. Keto. At XOXO Gossip Gita. Patrick. At Patrick Kovic. And Kato. At A underscore Kato underscore appears. All right. We'll be back with more soon. About capitalism, go home. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Oh, live Moss. I thought you said living moss like oh like, oh no, mosses. no the the no i'm on the living moss reddit gotcha and sorry uh, i thought your your uh your deep boston accent was <laughs> coming through people are trying to figure out why the potatoes went away and i don't hear you know, there's still not great theories people like someone used a lot of words uh-huh. to theorize that potatoes got more expensive and mm. they've cut they, they've got them from the menu, and it's like, great, you didn't use, use that many words. Like, <laughs> how the uh, fuck did potatoes I think the price of potatoes expensive. has gone up with a price contract change, and it's like, you don't fucking know that, man. I have a theory. Hmm. Yeah. I should go to this, this site. I can My also theory. have a theory, which is that they suspect that the, a lower carb option will do will serve them better. Maybe. Um, yeah. Because that's the trend. 
in right. diets right now? My thought is that they are doing less business because of COVID and throwing out more potatoes. Mm. Also a good one. But so much of this stuff is like crazy <sighs> preserved. True. That True. I and potatoes like, they are such a hearty, they're yeah. a vegetable. Yeah. That's yeah. the ultimate. You just throw that in a the cellar. They're fine. Yeah, but those companies are all, you know, they all have that that model, right? Where it's like yeah. you bring in exactly as much as you need. Costs cost to store stuff, you know? You guys ready to be gamers? Me, yeah, let me, I'm almost on the sandwich. One second. Mm. What kind? Ooh, egg and cheese? Um, yeah. Uh, no cheese. I'm not a, I'm, I, uh, this is a Dunkin' Donuts sandwich. I don't trust their cheese. Ah, their cheese fucks me up. Uh, yeah. So no, yeah, no, no so that, sausage and egg. Sausage yeah. and egg, Yeah. Uh, if I, I go to like I a local eat... spot, I'll get cheese. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you. I mean, the the Harley Quinn movie is like fifteen minutes of cringe to kind of shit test you, and mm-hmm. then a beautiful, loving portrait <laughs> of what it's like to not have a lot of money in New York. And the the egg and cheese part of that video is just exactly it's the best bodega representation I've ever mm-hmm. seen. <laughs> Are you talking about Birds of Prey or a different Harley Quinn movie? Birds of Prey, the, okay. that Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, I was like, I was wondering if there was like some like crazy animated, like n- only in New York, baby, like York, a Harley baby. Quinn movie. No, you got right. mail, but Harley Quinn and animated. Mm-hmm. I'd take that, though. And then the, the, the person who the runs the shop around the corner is Poison Ivy. It's a garden yeah. shop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> runs a little plant store. Hmm. Poison Ivy would run like a, a, a bougie Brooklyn plant store. <laughs> She sells poisonous plants to hipsters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should let me write comics. Anyway. All right. <clears throat> so this is our... This is release part one. Release release schedule part one. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. We got to clap again? We do got to clap again. Are we ready to clap? Mm-hmm. I am now. Uh, let's do 18 seconds. All right. <laughs>